This is part one of a two-part podcast. Hi, this is Mark. Sometimes talking to a friend or family member about permaculture can be met with a blank stare if it's all new to them. A great way to explain some of it can be over a card game using permaculture playing cards, which each have interesting facts with quality illustrations and descriptions. A wide range of people, places, and things all related to permaculture can be found on the permaculture playing cards at richsoil.com forward slash cards. Okay, so this is uh, Permaculture Smackdown. Smacky, smacky, smacky. And, uh, uh, we, you know, and I'm, I'm willing to take on the tougher, tougher topics, but, uh, so far you guys haven't been really tough on me. Like, like, let's, let's take on the most brutal stuff. So today, I am going to take on something where, uh, basically it was an internet comment where somebody said that I, Paul Wheaton, am against renewable energy and solar. So, We'll, we'll talk about that, but, uh, before we get into that, uh, I've got three quick little notes to put into the podcast form. Um, uh, note one, uh, oh, the price of the permaculture playing cards is going to go way up. I, I think I'm just, um, I, I think that the cards have pretty much gone as far as they're going to go. I thought somebody else would eventually take over selling the cards and, and like do all kinds of things to, to sell them to, um, you know, tons of people, but that, that never got legs. Um, and, uh, so I, the, the number of cards that sell each year seems to get smaller and smaller. And then plus we did that thing where we, uh, uh, I, I asked the people from the greenhouse Kickstarter, like, what do they want my next Kickstarter to be? And, um, uh, one of the things I said was to do a second deck of permaculture playing cards, and that had the lowest votes out of ten items. And so it kind of made me think, like, wow, I guess interest in the permaculture playing cards is a lot smaller than I thought. And, of course, this time of year, just before Christmas, is when they sell 95% of all the cards get sold. But I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to just go take the inventory that I have left, raise the price, and then um, every time half of the inventory goes, just double the price again until I'm down to like 10 decks and they're, I don't know, 40 bucks a deck or something. You know, then, then they'll last a while. Um, and that'll probably be it. I think I'll be all, all done with cards. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure all of you have the permaculture playing cards, right? Yeah. 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 So... I, I think that they're great and everything. I, I, mm-hmm. of I'm, I'm powerfully biased, um, but I, I don't know. I, I thought that they would be a thing where they would sell so great that it would be world-changing. But, um, yeah, I, we've given it a shot. There, there it is. Um, all right, next item. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys are using the mobile stuff on permies.com. Um, but it's getting a big overhaul right now. And, uh, so we're getting a lot of people giving feedback and they're, you know, talking about what they like, they don't like. And, and uh, yeah, we're trying to make a bunch of changes in that space. So if, if there are people listening to this podcast and, and they have not cared for the mobile layout in the past, uh, they might want to take a look and, you know, Go over to the tinkering forum and give feedback if you like. True. I uh, 
I was doing some BBs the other day, um, and you know how you take your photos and uh, and and make your videos. Uh, I generally do that on my phone, and then I went to upload them to the. Um, I made a video and then uploaded it to YouTube, and then tried to post it on the forums, and it was not that easy. I ended up having to break out my computer. And, uh, and do it on that. So, I'm, uh, I hope the overhaul includes, uh, the BB stuff. There, there is some discussion of some new features for the BB stuff, and there has been some new features for the BB stuff lately. Um, but as far as putting a video into your stuff, I mean, yeah, you put it on YouTube, and then you just grab the link for it. And then you just paste that into your thread. Yeah, I mean, it was my first time doing it. It was, I don't know, I'm kind of stupid, so. <laughs> just saying, it was difficult for me. Uh, okay. So if you've got a YouTube video and you want to share this YouTube video, say, on Facebook or some other social media site, have you done that? No, I don't use... I don't use the I don't use YouTube in that way. I only post YouTube videos, you know, to make to for BB submissions. Yeah. Um. So it was like so. What it was was the 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 URL that the 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 YouTube app gave me in on my phone was not the type of URL that the board was formatted for. So I had to... So it was like, YouTube gave me a different URL because I was on my phone for some reason. When I went and grabbed it on my on my desktop, it worked. All right. So um, I would say start a thread in the tinkering form about that, and we'll see if we can get it sorted. Great. Uh... And then the third item is that the skip book is currently in layout, and we are getting quotes from printers to get it to printers. So Ooh. we're in the final phase, um, and uh, uh, we're going to have to uh, get get the, a bunch of reviews of the uh, the new laid out stuff. So we're be doing that, but I think that uh, maybe in a week it'll be going to the printer. Uh, something like that. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a very tightly packed book. It is going to end up at about 200 pages, but in order to get to that, so it ends up at about 200 pages, we really like the font size is the font size is bigger than the Better World book, um, but not a lot bigger. Um, and uh, but it's still a fairly small I, – I hear from some people like, oh, that's a small font. And I did a bunch of checking around, and it's kind of like for Desert of Paradise or Sepulcher Subculture or like four or five other books I just pulled off the shelf really quick. That would be the same 6 by 9 size. Um, those fonts all seem to be about a 9 or or so. And so 9 is what we went with for font size. I, I feel like it's gonna, so we're going with the same size. But, uh, for a while I was really worried it was gonna end up being like 350 pages. 
And if we went with a really big font, which some people were advocating, um, then uh, it's like that would have bumped it up. And then, but fortunately, the Bernal brothers are doing the layout, and they've come up with a bunch of ideas on how to like compress things onto the pages without it seeming too compressed. So that's been exciting. So how important is it for the Otises of the world to read this book? I feel like they're the ones who need the bigger font. Well, um, I, I am not sure that they, that even if we made it like a much larger book, like larger than six by nine, and then we made the font really large to make it easy for, you know, large print, large font, to make it easy for people to read. I'm not sure that would change the number of Otis's that would read it. So I could be wrong. I mean, maybe it would. Maybe it would make a, a small difference. Yeah. But, th- but then the book would probably cost twice as much per book. Mm, that's not good. So then we ask the question, like, how many fewer people will read it because the book costs so much? Have you considered selling a permaculture-themed magnifying glass? <laughs> I have not considered that. But, Katie, maybe that's going to be your next big business. Although, I imagine that they do sell those magnifying glasses, and they're not even permaculture-themed. It could be made so that you screw it into a handle you make yourself. It's, no, it's, uh, you can make it with your uh, rocket mass heater uh, kiln to melt the glass. <laughs> or, uh, no, the... Uh, well, what was that? The refractory uh, lens that the Fresnel Josiah lens. was working. Yeah, the Fresnel lens that Josiah was working on forever. If you could just make uh, reading magnifying glasses out of, with that, then all the world's problems will be solved. That's the missing link right there. All right. So there you go. Those are my quickies. The, the quick things to talk about, real quick, and and. Uh, uh, so, so stepping away from those three things, moving right into our main topic for the day, which is which is going to be about renewable energy, uh, and I'm I'm thinking grid-based renewable energy. So the key is is that uh, sometime last week I posted this uh, thing out at Reddit, and I got to the top of Reddit. Yay me! And uh, that was kind of cool. I said. I am a guy with climate change solutions, really in for truth. I just finished speaking at an energy conference, and I uh, am desperately trying to get these solutions into more brains. Ask me anything. So uh, this is the subreddit called Ask Me Anything. So I got to the top of that because it's such a massive subreddit. It was at the top of all of it. So it's lots and lots of. Eyeballs. I got lots of attention. I, was, I feel like I was very fortunate. So then there's a little blurb in there. It says the average U.S. adult footprint is 30 tons. About half of that is direct and half of that is indirect government and corporations. If you live in Montana, switching from electric heat to a rocket mass heater cuts your carbon footprint by 29 tons. That's as much as parking seven petroleum-fueled cars and reduces a lot of other pollutants. Uh, Here is my four-minute blurb at the energy conference yesterday. There's a link. I wish that everybody knew about this form of heating and cooking. 
and about the building design that uses that heat from the summer to heat the home in winter. Residential heat in a cold climate is a major player in global issues, and I'm struggling to get my message across. All right. So uh, the next thing uh, that I that I did, and, and so I I spent a bunch of time answering questions there, and um, I would say a good eighty percent were pretty pretty ugly, pretty troll kind of questions. Um, and uh, uh, I think there's, I think there were a lot of uh, corporate trolls there as well as organic trolls. It was, it was overall largely uncommon. And um, but hey, I got the message to the top of Reddit. And so uh, one of the things is is that um, uh, there was one comment, and I've shared this out at Permies now. This one comment. And, and it's a very short comment. The comment is, he's been peddling this for a while. And so somebody, I don't know, they, they said, what the fuck is this or whatever. And, and this person is responding to, to say, uh, well, to say this, that I've been peddling this for a while. And this would be rocket mass heaters. He's been peddling this for a while. It's a very niche idea. And like many enthusiasts, he acts like it's a secret invention that will change the world. It has issues, and I don't think it's the amazing thing he says it is. Notice he's essentially against renewable energy and solar. Now, I think the reason why they say that is that uh, they're saying that renewable energy is um, nuclear energy. And so uh, that was one of the very first questions. What's your position on nuclear energy? So here I am. I'm here to talk about rocket mass heaters and rocket cooktops and possibly the Wafati building design. What's your opinion about nuclear? And it's kind of like, I, I think my answer was, I wish as many people knew about rocket mass heaters as know about nuclear. That is my position on nuclear. And... Um, they didn't like that response, so they decided that that meant that I was against renewable energy. All right. Well, anyway, here here is my official response. When I was a young fella, I worked as a lowly librarian for the Northwest Power Planning Council. I got to read all the white papers, all the proposals, all of the environmental disaster reports for every type of energy for four states. I got to hear the other people working there try to come up with solutions that don't have environmental disasters. This stuff is super duper hard. The real solution, the constant elephant in the room, the but of all uncomfortable jokes, conservation. Let's see, I'm gonna I'm gonna mute Kyle and co- so Kyle, you're muted. So next time you want to say something, you're gonna have to unmute. But I'm 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 getting I'm learning way too much about your chair. <laughs> all right, um, the butt of all the uncomfortable jokes, conservation. Uh, what if people just use less? They won't. 
but no, but never. Um, so the, the thing is, is that they did try all kinds of stuff to encourage conservation. And it, it just didn't happen. And then with the energy growth of a certain percentage every year, it's kind of like, okay, the Northwest Power Planning Council has to plan stuff. So if they're going to build a new energy generation site that takes more than 10 years to build, they kind of got to get cracking and building it like now to be prepared for 10 years into the future. So it's like really rolling the dice to try to understand what future energy needs are going to be and to try to come up with something that's like, I don't know, least toxic. But it was there that I got to read all these reports about hydropower. And like, it, it is gut-wrenching. And it's like basically when the fish go through the, uh, the turbines, it's, it's kind of like the puree setting on a blender. And, uh, um, there's, there's so much life that used to be in our rivers. It just isn't there anymore. And on top of that, there's all this silt building up behind the dams. They're going to make it so that the dams will no longer work. And just to kind of keep them working is turning into this insane expense. Um, anyway, the, the lists of problems with hydro just went on and on and on. Um, and then, of course, for every type of energy generation, there's it's it's not a slam dunk. I mean, so many people advocating renewable energy, um, uh, they they just they they desperately need to overlook all the mining and stuff that goes on and all the manufacture. And it's like those solar panels don't generate a lot of electricity per solar panel. And on top of that, you're going to need other power for nighttime. So it's like, it's, it's, there's ways to, to, to mitigate a lot of these problems, but it's not a slam dunk. Uh, and a lot of the solar panels use some kind of toxic metals. Holy shit. It's, it's like not cool. And, and granted, there's this all kinds of stuff about how it could be better and there's, all kinds of new ideas and new things. And it's like, and a lot of times those end up being really expensive or the, uh, the energy they generate is far, far less. So it kind of gets into this, you know, comparing apples to oranges, which you can do. There's ways to compare apples. Hi, this is Mark. Sometimes talking to a friend or family member about permaculture can be met with a blank stare if it's all new to them. A great way to explain some of it can be over a card game using permaculture playing cards, which each have interesting facts with quality illustrations and descriptions. A wide range of people, places, and things, all related to permaculture, can be found on the permaculture playing cards at richsoil.com forward slash cards. But, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, so conservation. The key is, is that what if, what if you can say magic words to people and, and suddenly they drop their power consumption by 2% per year? It would, it would, it would probably be an almost complete solution. But, you know, that's, uh, 
that's a tough call. That's a tough, that's a tough thing. Like it's, it's so hard to, to convince people. Okay. Some people use about a tenth of the energy of average. What are their lives like? What if a picture can be painted showing an even more luxuriant life with a tenth of the average? What if I could make a hundred little pictures that are a hundred little flavors all using much less? What if I could make a list of suggestions where each suggestion shows something that can add luxury to your life and or saves a lot of cash? Conservation without sacrifice. Conservation that adds luxury. What if? I am peddling many things, including peddling. Rocket mass heaters are purely renewable. I'm not against solar. I am for recipes for conservation. All right, so that's what I wrote. That's what I wrote out there for that thing that read. And uh, now I, on on Permies, I, uh, I I shared this on Permies, and then I I went on to say, of course, that guy is a troll, and will just say crazy stuff. But I think there is a thread of truth in it. I do not advocate big hydro. They are fish blenders, and there are problems with silt building up behind the dams. There are environmental problems with solar, wind, nuclear, natural gas, all of those. Further still, I use electricity every day. I very much enjoy electricity. I'm using electricity right now. So what am I for? At the Northwest Power Planning Council, it was looking like demand for energy would be going up 7%, and it looked like the thing to do would be nuclear. If only people could find ways to cut 7%. 25% of the homes in Montana heat with electric heat. What if half of those switched to a rocket mass heat? Solving the conservation problem is nearly impossible. It will take a lot of time. It will take millions of small conservations. But I think we are collectively making progress. It has taken me a few decades, but I think I have come up with a list of stuff that I never saw at the Northwest Power Planning Council, stuff that makes a real difference. The sooner we start having millions of conversations, the sooner the changes start to happen, the sooner we can extend the list, the sooner people drink in the benefits. All right. So, oh, wow, look at that. 65 people have looked at this thread on Permies, and it's been up there more than a week. So I guess this isn't a very popular topic. Maybe I'm foolish to, to try to report a podcast about this. Okay, all you peeps. Have you got any feedback about this thing about how how do we solve energy problems? I mean, I feel like most people they just say solar, all solar, 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 big batteries from Tesla. That's it. You're all done. Well, you say that the the problem with solar and the problem with batteries is the toxic gick associated with them. Well, now, yeah, yeah, true. 
So that's a problem of, that's a question of, it's two different problems. It's, it's the global warming problem and the toxic gig problem to, you know, um, but which is the more immediate problem? Should we solve the global warming problem with toxic gig and then worry about the toxic gig later? Of course, I'm going to advocate conservation, which is going to mean that, you know, we're going to stop. If we can do this, if we can effectively implement conservation, then uh, don't we, we don't have to add a bunch of new yeah, conservation yeah. can, you, you could also say creative thinking because some people when you say conservation are going to, um, think of, oh, I've got to wear a sweater and turn down. I'm going to be cold. No, oh, I can't drive my car. You know, they're always going to think of sacrifice versus a, you know, there's, there's smarter ways of doing things where you can still do the same things without wasting as much, you know, of the resources that you have. I agree. I think that we have a lot of solutions that are just not popularized. Uh, they're not what everyone's doing right now. I think that transition time could be quite a while. It's sort of a cultural phenomenon kind of thing. Uh, I think there's a lot of resistance to any kind of change or difference and to believe that something else they've never seen will work or will be fun or cool. Um, it's too bad that I'm not like a giant celebrity or something and I can't popularize <laughs> you know, like as some celebrities have instantly popularized some beneficial thing, uh, it would be fun to see that. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, one good reason to keep talking about all these things and to keep making new podcasts is it's possible that somebody's going to listen to this podcast and they're going to end up sharing some of these tidbits with some celebrity or, I don't know, somebody somebody who's connected to media or um, somebody, some important politician or something like that. And, and then of course the celebrity or the important politician or whatever, they'll, they'll stand up and say that it was their idea. That's great. <laughs> no one gives a shit. Just fucking fix it. But, um, Right. We, we can all wish that we had more people that we could reach. And it's like, I've, I've really given up in that space. I, I don't know how to do that. And I've, I've spent too much time. I've wasted too much time trying. And, uh, I, it's just clear to me that it's not my thing. I'm, I'm not wired for that. But, uh, instead I, I kind of feel like, uh, I keep creating new content. I keep, you know, expanding the empire as far as like, uh, uh, contributing more, uh, sharing more ideas, making more of these podcasts, putting out more videos, doing all the things that I do. And one of these days, one of these things will hopefully, let's say, go viral. And, uh, there's there's a common thing that I hear in these kind of discussions. It's the it's the a hundred a hundred uh, corporations make seventy um, percent of the greenhouse gas emissions, and it's and that's like period. That's the end of their 
of their contribution. And it, it's without thinking about like the corporations aren't just polluting for fun. Like it's, they're making something that they sell to somebody is that thing that they're selling. Are they selling it to you? Why are you buying it still? You know, like it's, they say a hundred corporations. I don't know if this is the exact numbers, but a hundred corporations do 70% of the greenhouse gases. And so then like what you're supposed to think after that is therefore I don't have to do anything. Right. Because we need to go after these guys instead of me personally doing anything. True. And, and so the, the solution they believe is to go out and give those guys a spanking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and it's kind of like, okay, so, so we need to turn to our elected officials and, and say to them, you need to go give those people a spanking and, and you need to solve this right away. And of course, that's what we've been asking them to do for decades. How's that going so far? And I kind of feel like I, I think that there's been some progress in that space in some ways. And at the same time, uh, there's been no progress. In that space. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's squishy at best. Well, yeah, there's every time you come up with a new way to give a corporation a spanking, they have a team of people who work 40 hours a week trying to avoid, like figuring out how to avoid the next spanking. Oh, right. And they've, they've also hired some people to receive the spanking. So the corporation, <laughs> oh, that, that too. Yeah. And that's kind of like, well, let's see, we made, uh, you know, $400 billion and we got a fine of $20,000. It's like, ha, ha, well, you take a check, <laughs> you know? And, uh, they're like, that's nothing. Who cares? Uh, so, and then there's stuff like, uh, I believe Exxon, the whole Valdez thing. It was like they were fined billions of dollars or something and they never paid it. It's like, yeah, no, we're just going to not pay it. What are you going to do? And, uh, it's like, I guess nothing. So I, I kind of, anyway, the, the, the key is, is that, well, one of the things is so Exxon did that. I choose to not give money to Exxon. And so, uh, I mean, I wish I could switch over to everything, every vehicle we have to be all purely electric. And then, and then it comes back to today's topic. It's like, well, where does that electricity come from? I'm going to run off, run an electric vehicle. And it's like, well, most of it's coming off of the grid. I'm like, well, what's on my local grid? And a lot of it is hydro here, but there's also some coal here in Montana. And it's like, ooh, that's, I don't like that. And, uh, and it's like, okay, well, one of the things that we do is, is that we have like, you know, one person goes to town each week for the whole group of us. And so, and everything we do is here. We do putter around in our vehicles, go back and forth to the lab for different projects and stuff. But I think the total number of miles that we're putting on vehicles is actually pretty slight. So I, I'm kind of hoping that our petroleum footprint per human being is maybe one tenth of the national average. Um, and so it's better, but not perfect. But even, even if we were to try, like what is perfect? What is perfect going to be? 
And um, for us, I suspect it would end up being like we would be self-powered solar. That would be my guess. Um, but it, it's kind of like um, uh, it's still a problem. But but really, the big thing is is I think that right now our electric footprint is probably about about a tenth of average, maybe maybe an eighth of average. And part of that is because we're all living in community here and stuff like that. And so we are exercising conservation in a variety of different ways. Um, okay. The, the thing is, is that it's kind of like, oh, there's also this whole element of like, um, uh, are we going to, uh, uh, reduce our, our, our general footprint with a rocket mass heater? And which is the thing I'm advocating because if nothing else, like coal, of course, is pulled up out of the ground and then it's carbon is released as well as other toxins. And I, and I gotta say that a lot of my modern day environmentalism is like most deeply rooted not in carbon footprint stuff, but in mercury in the atmosphere. Like the whole idea that I could go because I, I used to go backpacking a lot and, um, and I would live off the land, which was a fair bit of, uh, living off of fish. I would catch in remote creeks and lakes and, uh, way out in the wilderness. And it's like to, to just know, I mean, it's so clean out there, but to just know that, that that fish is, isn't uh, isn't healthy to eat anymore because it's so full of mercury because of all the coal plants that have put the mercury up into the air and then that mercury has uh, come back down all over the planet and um, and it concentrates in in these fish so to me that's just it's just unthinkable and on top of that. You know, the whole concept of like how the rivers in the Pacific Northwest used to be loaded with so many fish and so much life compared to now. And it's like right now the population of salmon is about 5% of what it used to be. And, and it only got to be 5% because of all of the, the, the salmon that are being farmed and put into the rivers. And so it's, it's like, what a, what a freaky, twisted, gut-wrenching thing. So, all right. Um, I do oh. think that some of these are better than others, but none of them are perfect. And the, the most perfect thing is conservation, which seems so impossible. So let's try to take this impossible thing and somehow find a way to make it be plausible. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, microhydro. Microhydro. Microhydro is much better than, in fact, 
for for a homesteader who's going to be off grid, micro hydro is clearly the best by far. Trick is is you got to have that running water. Next trick is is micro hydro is pretty universally illegal, and so um, I, I I have a podcast with Seth Holzer, my only podcast with Seth Holzer. And he, his whole thing for the entire podcast was to talk about in his area, micro hydro is illegal, but mega hydro is not only legal, but they're going to do it and wipe out like three towns doing it. And an area that already is producing so much energy that they're exporting it to all these other places far, far away. So it's it's kind of like this. Uh, so it's like their area is about to have three cities, three towns sacrificed so that they could create more energy so some rich guy can get richer exporting energy somewhere else. And it kind of seems like um, I think he's got a point. I think Seth Holter's Really got a point. It's, it's, uh, the, the thing that's really going on there is some rich guy is getting richer. That's what's happening. So wherever the power is going to go to, can, can I get him a copy of my book? And maybe they'll find ways to reduce their power consumption while adding luxury to, to their lives? You know, is, is that a possibility? All right. How about this? I want to ask you guys a question. So I read you this thing that this guy said. Troll, right? Fair? Oh, yeah. Troll. Either, either a troll himself or herself, or they've, they've heard a troll so many times that they accepted this fact now, or they, they've been convinced by a troll to repeat what the... Um... He says that rocket mass heaters, that sound, that it's, uh, let's see, acts like it's a secret invention that will change the world. It has issues, but I don't think it's the amazing thing he says it is. So, hey, it's cool that he qualified his statement as, I don't think. You know, that's, that's cool. But let's, let's take a look at this. Uh, I believe that, uh, it will change the world. I believe that, I think it has issues. I think that the issues are small. There's certainly room for optimization. Um, and I wish that more people would be involved in this so that we could experience the optimization. But I think it is the amazing thing that I say that it is. Um, uh, one of the things I think is amazing about it is that um, you own your own shit. So... Any smoke that's put out is here. It's not far away. It's not like this environmental disaster up in the, the most remote wilderness. It's not an environmental disaster over where that nuclear power plant is. It's not an environmental disaster where, where they're doing the fracking. It's not an environmental disaster over elsewhere. It's... It, the entirety of the environmental disaster is right here at my house. Wherever anybody runs a rocket mass heater, the entirety, 
because that's the other thing is like I keep running into people on the internet saying that the cleanest energy is electric. And the reason why they say that is because they can run a baseboard heater in their home and it's perfectly clean because they're thinking about the smoke, right? Oh, it's perfectly clean. Perfectly clean. And it's like they're not, they're not even contemplating the environmental disaster on the other end of the wire. It's out of sight, out of mind. Okay. The important thing is, is that, like, like, granted, a troll, but let's, let's, let's sift out the truth. I think rocket mass heaters are the key. I, in fact, I should say they are a key to solving uh, a variety of global problems. But I want to say, I also want to say, I think it may be fair to say the key. Is it fair to say the key? I mean, if we had, like, let's say we had a dozen things that we, that, that the whole world embraced and accepted as these are the tools that we're going to use to solve global problems. And one of them is rocket messages. Mm-hmm. I think the one that will probably make the greatest impact globally is probably rocket mass heaters. What would be the next biggest thing? I would what say would growing be? your own food, no? Wow, good point. Really good mm-hmm. point. Um, I mean, there's a, a big, big chunk of the population lives in warmer areas where you don't where their most of their footprint doesn't come from heating. Well, that's true. That is true. Now, um, and I, but the thing is, is that for those people that do live in a cold climate, then um, if we just talk about carbon footprint, their carbon footprint is just so incredibly massive. And on top of that, yeah. uh, when you look at the whole world, the average carbon footprint, like when you took, when you talk about energy consumption, heat is more than half. Heat is more than half. And so it's, it's kind of like, uh, and that's averaging out, you know, mi- mixing in there Florida and California and Texas and all those places. Africa, the entire continent of Africa. So, and, and then, you know, Third world countries, their carbon footprint is already pretty pretty small. But that was the other thing too, is that this is in response. This whole thing's in response to this video that I put up, and it uh, the big thing that they gave to me for this conference was um, this thing about um, how there's billions of people suffering from a variety of ailments related to smoke in the house because they currently cook in their homes with wood. Mm-hmm. Not a chimney. And, and so they asked me to, to base my, my, my four minute long thing on that. And so that's a, that's a big part of it. This podcast is continued in part two. I'm Edward Norton. No, not that one. The other one. And I love pies. No, not that kind. The other kind. Hermes is an old school forum packed full of friendly people who occasionally give out a slice of pie. 
you'll never forget your first slice of pie. It made me feel so good. I had to buy a whole pie so I could share the love. Oh, and there's apples too. Sign up at permies.com to join in the world of homesteading and permaculture, and you too might get a slice of pie.